You may have heard of us, but you might not know Bank First is a community bank that has no fee ATM access, interest and perks earning checking accounts. With online and mobile banking, mortgages for every stage of life, and modern business banking for businesses, small and big. We keep it all together to put you first. Do you bank with us? You should. Bank First is an equal housing lender and a member FDIC. Well, it's a rainy Friday here in downtown Starkville, and that's kind of the mood. As I start to look at this Texas A&M football game, rainy days can kind of bring you down a little bit. Bart, I look at this, and I want to maybe go out on a limb here. All the discussion about Texas A&M is that they aren't any good, that they're a train wreck, that they're a disaster, that it's a program that's falling apart. And look, if you want to look at the record, yeah, look, Jimbo Fisher hasn't done what you've paid him to do. I think Texas A&M, though, is being sold short a little bit. Five and four, that looks bad, but then peel it apart. Miami, tough loss on the road, you lose by 15. But Alabama lost by six. Tennessee, on the road, lost by seven. Ole Miss, on the road, lost by three when you had a field goal to tie it and send it to overtime. This team's not as bad as people think. Well, in the last two years, Texas A&M has played nine games that have been determined by one score or fewer, okay? Nine games, one possession. They are one and eight in those games. And so what does that tell you? Okay, they, they've been – either bad luck or bad coaching. Probably a mix of both. Probably more on the bad coaching side because at winning time, they have just not won. If it happens two or three times, that may be fluke. If it happens eight out of nine, Charlie, then you may have a problem. That's what we call a trend. It is a trend in the business. Now, you said something about probably not getting what they're paying for. What they're paying for, you would have to say, at $9 million a year or a $90 million contract, is to win the national championship every year. But they're a long way from doing that. But uh, I, I go with what you just said. They're not a bad football team. When you start looking at the three losses in league play against Alabama, against Tennessee, and against Ole Miss, arguably three of the top four teams in the SEC, save for Georgia, they have played well. All right. I forgot to mention we are on our Tracks Plus deep dig here on this Friday. Breaking down Mississippi State, Texas A&M. We're going to talk some basketball, too. But I want to follow this point one more second, Bart. We talk in sports all the time about teams who are a player away. And I know at Mississippi State, obviously, we've had plenty of chances over the years to talk about quarterback play and how that one position matters. Isn't Texas A&M perhaps the biggest example, though, if you had an elite quarterback? I mean, look at this team right now. Defense, you're fourth in the league. Second against the run, third against the pass. You got the best punt return team in the conference. You sack more opposing quarterbacks than anybody in the league. Your red zone defense is third. You start to look, though, what do they not have? They don't have big plays, and they're last in the league in turnover margin. A lot of that falls on the quarterback. It, it, would it be fair to say that Texas A&M's inability to go out and get an elite quarterback has put them where they are? I think it's something to do with that. But, I mean, everybody they've recruited 
in years past. You think of Akel and Mond, they just haven't gotten any better. Now, that's the thing that scares you about Max Johnson is last week he got better against Ole Miss. He was 29-40 last week. And the trend for Texas A&M quarterbacks is they just have not gotten better as the season goes on. Last week, Max Johnson was pretty good. Now, he got banged up a little bit. He played a lot of that game with with a rib injury. And I think that's some of the question marks out in College Station this weekend is, is he going to play? Man, he's probably going to play. I mean, there are things to do, to just to nicely put, to make pain go away for a short period of time. I don't understand. Can you elaborate? Well, there are. Okay, there are pads that can be put into place. They're just going to tape it up. There's syringes that can be put into <laughs> place. Now, they have been a little bit, I hate to say, you know, they have been snake bit somewhat because Connor Wegman was going to be the starting quarterback. He went down early this season, and so Max Johnson is not their, you know, day one starter, so to speak. But uh, their offensive line has not been great. The thing about Texas A&M, Charlie, is they have had physicality on the defensive line, but they have not had the physicality on the offensive line over the last 10 years. This is not a Jimbo Fisher issue. This is a Kevin Sumlin issue. This is a Texas football issue. There is a big issue with Texas high school football, in my opinion. And I watched a lot of Texas high school football over the years. They don't build them like they used to in the state of Texas. They run, well, a couple of things I'd say. First off, more and more Texas high schools are running a version of an air raid type offense, really. I went back, I watched Matthew Stafford play in high school. Their passing game was more sophisticated than what you'll see on a lot of Saturdays. They like to throw it around out there, and you wonder if they've just gotten away sometimes from being tough. It's almost like their facilities are too nice in Texas high schools. Did you see, by the way, on Tuesday night, they had a bond issue in Prosper, Texas, that failed. There was a big surprise in Texas because this is one of the first bond issues that have failed about building a stadium expansion or a high school football stadium. Now, they they had a $94 million bond that failed, but they already have, what, a $70 million football stadium already in the Prosper ISD, which is their independent school district? Well, you can look around in Texas – over a decade ago, it's been about 15 years since Allen High School built their football stadium, $60 million. Collin County, where McKinney is located, a stadium, $70 million. They play the Division II national title game in that stadium. Well, it goes back to my point. And what I think is the best Rocky movie of all time, Rocky Four. Do you want Ivan Drago training or do you want Rocky training? Do you want the do you want the synchronization of the treadmill or do you want the big pile of rocks? How do you want to work out? And so that, I think that's the big thing in high school football is you got to use the the old way of doing things, Charlie. <laughs> that's right. We got Hey, and you were talking about dooming Siberia. With it raining and dooming gloom, I mean the dust is gone on downtown. I mean you can look at this in a half glass full. Well, the, the su- dust dust is gone in downtown. I suppose I should do that. Hey, let's talk basketball for a minute before we jump back in. But before we do, remind you that this is our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. Tracks Plus, Bart, you always enjoy this. They can just mow through. I actually have someone coming out and to mow some trails down for me later this week, and they have a Tracks Plus, a, a Saney excavator with a, a mulching head on the front of it. And then they also have a, a skid steer that you drove a couple of years ago that they're going to put a mulching head on too. And so they're going to cut some trails and some woods for me. 
and uh, that's a, a contractor that uses Saney excavators and also a Denny Seamoth mulching head. Barco equipment for the forestry is heavy machinery, so go to tracksplus.com. They're also big in the rental business right now. I mean, if I wanted to do it myself, I can't. And here's the reason I can't, Charlie, is because today we've got women's basketball tonight, which makes this deep dig somewhat tough for me because I've got so much women's basketball knowledge flowing through my mind right now gotcha. that I'm trying to, to fight through all that to get to, to Texas A&M. But we got football, basketball tomorrow. You've got basketball. I've got football. And then Sunday we have women's basketball. Monday or Tuesday we got more. Well, Tuesday we've got men's basketball. Wednesday I've got volleyball and women's basketball. So, I mean, this is that time of year, Charlie, where my mind is kind of just frayed, and I can't do the mulching myself. So I had to get someone to come out there and do it for me. Now, if I wanted to do it myself, I could rent it at Tracks Plus. Go to TracksPlus.com for their heavy machinery. All right, let's talk basketball. Uh, Mississippi State goes up to the Barstool Classic. They play Arizona State, coached by Bobby Hurley, who if you grew up and you had a chance to know about Duke, you knew about him and you probably didn't like him. But that's a different issue. I actually liked Duke at that time. That was before, you know, that was when UNLV was the hated ones. You know, oh yeah, Stacy Jerry Tarkanian, uh, you know Larry uh, Larry Johnson, Jerry Tarkanian, and so I kind of liked Duke at the time because they had never won. You know, Duke had went forever getting so close and not winning the national championship, but the Grant Hill and the Bobby Hurley, but then Leitner came around and ruined it for everybody. All right, I want to. You mentioned Grant Hill. You remember Shane Battier? Yes. Were you a Battier fan? No, it was not because. We played Duke when Battier was there, and it was a phantom foul. We were the eight seed, and they were the one. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And they called a foul on a dunk that he had, and it was a phantom foul. I thought that changed the complexion of that game. So I will suggest an article to people, though. If you go, you have to look way back, but I think it was the New York Times that wrote an article, and it was about Shane Battier, and the title of the article is The No Stats All-Star. And it talked about how Shane Battier was this player in the NBA at this time who understood analytics, who understood all these things, but none of it showed up on the traditional scorebook. This is kind of a fascinating thing. It talked about how, you know, if you a block shot, for example, is measured coming out of the hand, that he was the guy who had batted away before the guy had gotten the ball up. Well, he doesn't go get the ball. He doesn't get credit for a steal. He doesn't get anything. He was the guy that understood that if I force this guy to the left wing instead of the right, he shoots at 2% lower there. So a really interesting article as you start to think about how do you value a player's performance in a game. One of the things I think about that for is obviously Trey Fort, the guy that got that gets all the attention out of the game on Wednesday, and he should. Trey Fort, when's the last time, by the way, you had a player come out and make five threes in his first game for you? But if you look at the efficiency score, you know where our highest efficiency rating was? Jimmy Bell. Jimmy Bell Jr., the highest rating. There's a million different analytical ways to grade. But I know we got to talk about Ford. But what about Jimmy Bell? I thought he played wonderfully. 13 points and nine rebounds. He only had the two points against Southern Miss last week in the exhibition. And he really didn't have a chance. He had one offensive putback, but he was five for six in this game. He had a little mid-range, a little jump shot, a little six-footer straight away. That was a and he big... got on the glass, had three offensive boards. Man, the, the nine rebounds. Here's what I took away from the game the other night that I was so excited about. One, 
is you won a game by 15. You were leading by 22 a lot of the game. You were leading by 21 at the half. D.J. Jeffries had one point, right? That's the first thing. That's not a good thing, but I'm just saying you could win and score 71 points without D.J. Jeffries really giving you a whole lot offensively. Now, D.J. did give you nine rebounds. That's the positive that he did give, he did give you. But when I look at this team going forward this season, to me, Trey Fort is the type of guy, the type of performance that we saw that I think is going to be the difference this year compared to last year. Now, do I think Trey Ford is going to come out and play like that in 50% of the games? Absolutely not. He got hot. He was a shooter that got hot. But here's the thing that I like. I think Hubbard, I think Andrew Taylor, who didn't score the other night, I think DJ Jeffries, I think Deshaun Davis, I think some of these guys, Shaq Moore, who didn't play the other night, they have the ability that if one guy is cold, that we got a few guys in the lineup that can have a game, maybe not at the level that Trey Ford had, but can have some good night shooting. Am I wrong for saying that? No, absolutely not. Look, this is a team that missed a lot of three-pointers early. And we missed, what, about five, like right out of the gate, right? Our first eight shots of the game were three-point field goals. We went six minutes. I think it was like five and a half minutes in the first half. I, I texted you when this happened. We made a two-point field goal on a follow-up bucket, and that was the first field goal, but that was also the first sequence of two-point field goals. No, we had made a three, but that was the first sequence of two-point field goals that we had taken. We missed five in a row after making the first. Right. And so they kind of went all the way around. But I think you go back and you say, you look at this team last year, and you know what Christians can do with a team defensively. This is a team that was woeful at the free throw line, that was abysmal from three-point range, and yet they were an NCAA tournament team. If you just have modest improvement at those two places, you feel much, much better. I think we have the chance to see, those significant improvement because Fort, Fort gives up a little bit defensively. He does. He does. But – that's part of that's just learning where to be and learning the system. You're going to give up some defensively with Andy Taylor, but that's a guy that can also shoot the basketball. He'd been out a little bit, so he was kind of getting back into rhythm. I think this is a team that's uh, that's got a chance to be really good. The other thing that struck out stuck out to me was we looked like the bigger, tougher. I mean, we look like grown up basketball players. <laughs> And, uh, hey, they said that on the broadcast. Hey, okay, I'm not going to go there. The Barstool broadcast is what it is. And I know I've seen seen a lot of people talking about the Barstool broadcast. And you kind of got to know going in, that's the stick. That's the style. That's what they're going to do. And so if if you want to watch that, that's fine. And uh, some people think it's cruel. Some people don't. But they asked Bobby Hurley that before the game started. I think it may have been Dave Portnoy or someone asked him the question about, hey, let me tell you something, man. Your guys look a little thin compared to this bunch of Mississippi State. I mean, we look like men out on the floor. That's the, hey, that's well, the thing Chris about – Johns has done a good job. <laughs> you heard him saying that for a while. Well, was, And then it... calling out the media guy for correcting them. No, so I haven't told you what happened to me. So I was working out of town. And I'm working all day. I grab some dinner. I go to my hotel room. I then am able to get my iPad up. I get it tuned in to the proper channel on YouTube. And next thing I know, it was 2 a.m. And I woke up to my iPad playing the This Broadcast Has Ended sound. 
missed the entire thing. So I had to go back yesterday and rewatch the game. Oh, so you didn't watch it live? I was wondering, you know, you were in a couple text groups with me during the game, and you were not replying. And I'm sitting there going, you know, Charlie's becoming that fan. He's becoming that friend that only texts when we're not doing well. Well, no. (laughs) it. uh, I was sound asleep and missed the whole thing, so I had to go back and watch it. But all that to be said, I feel good about where this basketball team is. I feel good about where we are defensively. And I'm excited about the games here over the next few days. Yep, play tomorrow, UT Martin. It's a 4 o'clock start in Humphrey Coliseum. You'll have the broadcast of that game, right? I will. Okay. I'll be so on that. So I'll do pregame on the football. You're going to do basketball. And then Mar- we'll get back together for postgame. And Marcus is going to join you, right? Yeah, Marcus Grant and I will be doing that game. That'd be good. And then we'll be back on Sunday doing women's basketball. So, man, busy time, fun time. But that was a lot of fun the other night. I'll tell you what, Charlie, jumping out to a 21-point lead in an exhibition game in basketball and then just keeping it going, keeping it rolling. And I know we kind of held the ball a little bit in the second half and you win by 15, but, man, that was fun. That was a lot, lot of fun. And so I'll tell you what else is a lot of fun is when it, whenever you go into – See our good friends at Maroon and Company. They got the Yetis. They've got the the blankets right now. It's going to be a little cool spell. So if you need a blanket, if you need Mississippi State gear, go see our friends at Maroon and Company in the Cotton Mill Marketplace next to Chick Fil A, right by campus, and they can fix your needs when it comes to anything to do with Bulldog Apparel. So also, if you're shopping online or in the store, type in the code NIL10, and you'll get 10% off your purchase, and 5% of that purchase, 5% will come back to the Bulldog Initiative. They are proud Bulldog Initiative supporters. So go by and see our friends at Maroon and Company. All right, Bart, you know, last week we kind of gave up on doing our three numbers and our two players, and I'm in the mood to give up on that again. So are we really just giving up or are we pivoting? I, well, I don't know if we're taking a hiatus. <laughs> I don't know whether this is permanent. I think part of it is, look, man, it's just kind of where we are, isn't it? And uh, this isn't give up at all, but it's one of those things where and we're in a tough spot. And we've somewhere along the way, we're going to have to pick up a win we're not expected to. you got three games left. And you want to be able to get the six somehow. Number one, you got to beat the Golden Eagles. And you like to think you will, but that team's getting it together a little bit. They're playing better right now. And so you take nothing for granted, particularly at 11 a.m. on a Saturday. So that means all right, that would get you to five. A&M, Ole Miss, if we were to go talk to the boys out in Vegas, which one's your better chance, A&M on the road or Ole Miss at home? I'm not certain that our best chance to get that sixth win, again, I don't want to take USM for granted at all. That's not what I'm doing. But I'm just calling that a must win. I'm putting it in the column. I'm not sure the boys out in Vegas wouldn't say your best chance is tomorrow. And here's what's bad about that, Charlie, is the boys out in Vegas think we're a 17-and-a-half point underdog (laughs) in the game tomorrow. It opened at 19, but now it's been bet down to 17-and-a-half at most of the places. And so – 17 and a half, they're not giving us just a whole heck of a lot of chance. <laughs> well, my very first game I attended at the University of Notre Dame, we played Northwestern. We were 17-point favorites, and we lost. So who knows? It's not un, It's not impossible. We've lost some games being big-time favorites over the years. Yeah, we were big-time favorite South Alabama 2016. 
Dan decided to wear, sh- wear shorts, and that just killed us. Well, that wasn't the only thing, although we'll still blame that. But I, I think the thing that jumps out at me this is this. we we got to figure out a way to score points, and we haven't scored points, and this is a bad defense to try to score points against. The other thing that jumps out at me is you look at how good their numbers are. They gave up some points. They gave up a lot of yards last week at Ole Miss. Ole Miss's offense is really good right now. I'm going ahead and saying if you want to get to six, you better get it tomorrow. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing, and we talked about this a minute ago with Texas A&M. This is a team that is very good at getting tackles for loss. And you've got Cooper as a linebacker. You're going to have two of the better linebackers in the country with Cooper for Texas A&M and Nathaniel Watson for us. 16 of his 59 tackles this year are tackles for loss. He actually has more tackles for loss than Buki does. And so they do a good job of getting their linebackers involved in their blitz package. So that lends to me asking you a question, Charlie, if you think it's a better chance to win tomorrow than, say, it is Thanksgiving night at home. Will Rogers, if Will Rogers is healthy, do you play him in the game tomorrow? Yes. I okay. Have to think about it. Okay, and the reason I ask that question, it's almost like the Friday night pitcher that you hold for Saturday or Sunday. I mean, they're going to be a team that's going to blitz a lot, a team that's going to come after your quarterback. Do you want him to get a, a week? I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm taking the other angle here. I'm not saying I agree with this angle at all, but some would say, okay, do you go in this with your number three pitcher against the, the against the ace, of the staff, and just ride off tomorrow with a better chance to win the last two? Well, I guess that presupposes the idea that by sitting out tomorrow, he will be healthier and better in the next two games. And I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I don't know the answer to that either. I don't know if, I don't know if, if he doesn't trot out there tomorrow. I don't think – I mean, I agree with you. Man, and I hate to say this, but look, college athletes can be a little fickle, right? And so here's my concern. You go out there tomorrow and you get beat 42-6 to – what kind of team's even going to show up the next week? I mean, is getting your quarterback back when you're a four and six team with Southern coming in? Is that going to be what you have to have to rally the locker room? I don't know. I think this team has got to find a way. I don't even know that you have to go win, but I think you've got to find a way to go compete tomorrow. And well, yeah. we didn't compete last week. No, and and the week before, you know, we got out to such a slow start. A against Auburn, and then the second against Kentucky, and. You know, that's the thing that's kind of plagued A&M for the past couple of weeks is starting out slow. I mean, they had a slow start. Last, they were down 20-7 to 7 to Ole Miss last week. And then throw a pick in the end zone, which didn't help. And so you go to the point of A&M is not a team that's quit. You know what I'm saying? I mean, if they were down 14 to nothing on the road at a top 15 team last week was the time to quit down 14 nothing, or down 20-7 to 7, or down after you throw that pick. They didn't quit. I mean, so as as everybody around the country is taking shots at Jimbo and Texas A&M, he's kind of held that locker room together to this point. Now you kind of wonder what it's like after the game. I mean, after they lost their fourth game, I think it's still still okay. And you have to worry about our psyche a little bit. Here's the thing I was listening to earlier this week and just hearing some of the talking heads out in College Station and what they have to say. And they were talking about Mississippi State offensively. And they were like, well, the thing you can't do is let Mississippi State get anything big because they don't really have big play potential. This is not the type of team at Mississippi State that can kill you with that because they don't have big-time playmakers and they don't have explosive plays. Well, but here's the thing. Neither do they. 
So look at their team right now. 12th in the league in long rushes. You look at long pass plays. I'm talking about the big-time plays, 40 yards. They're last in the league. And and that's the case. you got a guy like Anaya Smith, the wide receiver, who's a graduate, who's putting up some really big numbers. He's a dangerous guy. And I am scared to death to see what he's going to do to our secondary tomorrow. But even with that, they have not been explosive. Does this have a chance to be a really boring football game? Probably does. I mean, last week was. We said going in it was going to be a boring football game. And we were right. But most people thought that the game last week against Ole Miss was going to be a slog too because Ole Miss defensively has been playing well. A&M's defensively has been playing well. Into the first of the game, it was a little bit of that. But the second half was a shootout. So, I mean, I think a lot of it has to do with both these offenses kind of got hot in the second half last week. The thing we cannot afford to do is let Max Johnson just sit back here in the pocket without having to dance around a little bit. He will make mistakes if you're able to get pressure on him. If you're able to get pressure on him. And so that means you've got to get pressure early in the game, especially if the guy's got some hurt ribs. All right, so you know who we hadn't talked about? Nick Constantino. The punter. punt it a long ways. He can punt it a long way, but the whole thing about a punter is you got to make gotta him pump. You got to make him punt. You got to get off the field on third down. Um, Texas A&M is really good against the run, which says, all right, we need to throw it. But they're really good against the pass. But they have not been a good running team, which is kind of crazy. But, you know, Le'Veon Moss got hurt a little bit last week, tried to come back against Ole Miss and just couldn't play. And so you kind of wonder – you know, what they're going to be like from a running standpoint. Their run blocking has not been great this year. So, you know, we're going to sell out up front. That's that's kind of what we do, the twist, and we're going to bring people. And then you kind of wonder what – I expect A&M to come out tomorrow, and I don't care if it's an eight-string quarterback, and try to do the exact same thing that Auburn tried to do. Up-tempo, short passing game, try to, you know, try to pop something in the passing game early and just kind of deflate us. That's what Auburn did. And I would not be surprised to see A&M try to do the same thing. All right, real quick, A&M's coaching staff has some interesting names on it. DJ Durkin, you'll remember him. Bobby Petrino. Steve Adazio, who was uh, offensive line coach down at Florida back in the day. Damian Craig, the old Auburn quarterback, coaches wideouts there. So uh, a couple of names that you'll recognize on the coaching staff. All right, Bart, what else you got on this one? Hey, everybody's down right now. I mean, uh, I understand that. I think from a fan standpoint, from, you know, everybody's just kind of down right now, especially after last week because that Kentucky loss, you know, popped you in the teeth a little bit. And we just need something positive to happen. And Texas A&M is not an easy place to get it. It's going to be a good atmosphere. That's one thing you have to say about that bunch. It doesn't matter if they won five games or two games. They're going to have a bunch of folks there. It's going to be loud. They're going to pump the music up pretty loud. There's going to be a bunch of hugging going on in the stands. And so it's it's a different type of style, different type of atmosphere that you got to get used to. I think we can safely say that Texas A&M is indeed different. They, they are different. Well, let me tell you who else is different but in a good way, Charlie. And that's if you go eat the, the wings at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. They're different. They're good. They're better than everybody. Two Brothers Smoke Meats right in the heart of the Cotton District on University Drive. Great place to people watch, but the food is even better. they got great ribs. they got great brisket. They've got great tacos, cheese fries with pork, uh, uh, pulled pork on them. 
Two Brothers Smoked Meats, Smoked Southern Soul Food. You just can't go wrong with our friends at Two Brothers Smoked Meats. And it'd also be remiss if we didn't talk about our good friends at Country Pleasing Sausage. Country Pleasing, located right here in the state of Mississippi, down in Florence. they got a big butcher shop now. They've expanded the butcher shop. And so make uh, Country Pleasing a part of your morning every morning and start your day the Country Pleasing way. We've got so many different kinds of varieties of Country Pleasing sausage. You can get it at grocers throughout the, the state of Mississippi and the southeast and over into South Carolina, Georgia, up into the Midwest as well. But countrypleasing.com, if you can't get it in your area, if you live out in Las Vegas, they can ship it to you. Countrypleasing.com. You know what I can always count on before a weekend is that my daughter, who's engaged, fiance, is in Birmingham. She makes his way here or she makes her way there. I know that on a Friday, the refrigerator at my office is going to be filled with country pleasing because she always takes she doesn't need the shipment she makes the deliveries but to always send some the uh three cheese and the uh the jalapeno cheddar those are the two that kind of make their way the one i want to try soon is the habanero so we're gonna we're gonna work on that um all right part you got any games we need to look at how's our record shaping up here well, we didn't pick last week. I think we just went full-fledged, just didn't care last week. I apologize for saying that. I shouldn't say we didn't care. Well, we were just morose. Okay, so should we go with uh, should we go with spreads or should we go just head up? No, we ought to go spreads here. Okay. And do you have an update on our standings? You're up three games on me. So, I'm still within striking distance in the final three weeks of the season. Oh, yeah, you're right there. So, I'm only three games behind you. So, all right, let's pick these. You want to pick all the SEC games? Yeah, why not? So, let's start with our good friends over in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. They're on the road at Kentucky this week. Alabama is a 10-and-a-half-point favorite. Boy, that's a tough one. I am going to go with Kentucky. I'm going to go with Alabama on the road. I really want to go Kentucky, but you just pick, i got to make up three games. And I would stay with you, but I'm going to go Alabama. You've got Kentucky at uh, plus 10.5. All right, Vanderbilt on the road at South Carolina. Vanderbilt is a 13.5-point underdog at South Carolina. I'm going South Carolina. I am too, because I'm not betting Vanderbilt on anything. The next game is Tennessee at Missouri. Tennessee is a one-and-a-half-point favorite in Missouri in Columbia against Mizzou. Tennessee. Hull, excuse me. I'm sorry. It opened at one-and-a-half. Right now, it's two-and-a-half Tennessee. Does that change your mind? It does not change my mind. does not change your mind. I'm going to go with Tennessee as well. I just think Tennessee is a lot better football team in Missouri, so Tennessee at two-and-a-half. The next game is Auburn. <laughs> oh, talk about an offensive showcase. This will be Auburn on the road at Arkansas, and Arkansas is a two-and-a-half-point favorite. Auburn. No, 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 no. Timeout. I'm going to change my mind here. I thought Arkansas was dead. They went down. At, no, I'm going to stick with Auburn. Auburn. You, I go Arkansas. i got to make up room. I really want to well, – I say I want to pick Auburn. But, no, I don't want to pick Auburn. But – I'm going to pick Arkansas. Ole Miss is on the road. Speaking of Auburn, did you see uh, Hugh Freeze's tweet to start the day? He had a good phone call. Well, that phone call got my Friday. Started off with some juice. Have a great Friday. I don't know that Hugh Freeze needs to start many days with phone calls. 
Yeah. But there he is. I'm talking about juice, man. Hey, good for Hugh. Yeah. Good for old Hugh. He's gonna steer into he's gonna steer into it, is what yeah. he's gonna do. All but right. he's gonna win at Arkansas. Yep. All right, Ole Miss at Georgia. That's a six o'clock game tomorrow night. Georgia is a ten and a half point favorite. What you got on the ten and a half? I don't like that half added there for nine and a half. It's an easier call for me. But here's what we've seen. Uh, Lane Kiffin's done a lot of good stuff in Oxford, but he hasn't had that big road win. And when Kirby gets pushed, he's pretty good. I'm going with Georgia. I am too. Georgia at 10 and a half. I'm with the Georgia Dogs. Florida is at LSU. LSU a 14-point favorite. 14 and a half point favorite. Again, I don't like that half sitting there. But I'm still taking LSU. Yeah, I'm taking LSU too. So LSU 14 and a half over Florida. And then in our game, the nightcap, the game of the night in the SEC, Mississippi State at Texas A&M. We never bet the spread. Of course, we're not betting anything. But we're just choosing the spread in our game or we're choosing the total. And so the total, the over-under right now, Charlie, it opened at 47 and a half, and right now the over-under is 43. Are you over or are you under? I am going to surprise you. I'm going over. I am too. I'm going over. Yeah, I think it'll be over. I think A&M is going to score some points. No, we're going to have to score some points too. But 43 is the over-under. All right, so that's how we look on our picks this week. Anything else for the good of the cause? No, that's it. We'll be back with you on Sunday. In the meantime, Mississippi State, women's basketball tonight, men's basketball tomorrow. We've got soccer in the NCAA tournament taking place. We've got football tomorrow, women's basketball Sunday. And in the middle of all that, we'll get together and we'll break it all down. Thanks for listening to our Tracks Plus Deep Dig. See you on Sunday.